everyone. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you all about what's going on with ArcView. Alhamdulillah, we have 11 courses going on with a number of different teachers. I think over 10 teachers now we have. And we have classes for all age groups. And this is our path going forward, is to study at least once a week. Everyone, every Muslim should have a class once a week because there's no... Because a person can't just be a common Muslim anymore. Everyone's got to be studying. There are too many attacks. There are too many shubuhat. There are too many, uh, you know, confusions and attacks coming in on Muslims left, right, and center from the front, from behind, from above and below that we have to be people of number one, knowledge, number two, good company. And obviously we have uh, the masajid and everything, but everything's closed down. So we're all resorting to classes online. This has actually been all right for us because we've been able to develop our online program. So check it all out at safinasociety.org. We got two programs uh, that people can join. One is called the Foundations Program, and the other is the Scholarship Track Program. So check them all out. Uh, you can join in at any time. That's the beauty of it. You can join in at any time, and you can catch up to the uh, with the recordings. Everything is recorded, so you can catch up on what you missed. And the way we've designed it is that it's by semester, but you can join in and plug in at any time and just catch up afterwards. All right. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Safina Society Podcast. Today, the topic I want to bring up, and I want to jump right into it because I think there's a lot to talk about here. For the for a long time, for a number of years, you know, we've been doing the Safina Society podcast. We started off season one talking about a number of issues about liberalism <clears throat> and atheism and a few other things that were sort of plaguing the American Muslim Ummah. And it's been almost five years, I think, at this point. We started around this time as well. And what's really interesting to me, I think you know, Donald Trump was not even the president at the time. The landscape of the world has sort of changed in the last five years almost, especially from a political standpoint. And I want to take this episode, especially as we have a lot of new listeners that come in and listen and people share things around, to really go back and talk about the principles of the deen, right? There are certain things that we in the deen, you know, we, we call as ma'alumina deen bid darura, right? They're, they're necessities of the deen. And I bring them up because there has been an onslaught of, of posts, ideas, you know, thoughts. People have been giving me conversations I've been having, and I'm sure you guys have been having, of just this strange, weird, I wouldn't even call it liberal, but a strange, weird, like, trend towards kufar, <laughs> right? Um, and and I'm, I, I'm, I half joke, but, you know, I'm very serious about it as well because there's this weird trend. And... The, you want to throw out, I want to throw out the label liberalism, but it's not just liberalism, right? It's a number of things. But I see this weird trend towards kufr. And the first thing I want, I want to talk about here, and it's going to lead us into a little bit of a political direction, but I'll, I'll try to steer it back as quick as possible from getting too political. But Elias um, uh, had a poll on Twitter. Um, ignore the number. We can ignore the, the number of people. There's about 100-ish, 108 people, it looks like. The 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 poll goes as follows. You're voting between two parties in a Muslim country. 
not America, in a Muslim country, two parties. Assume that there is a two-party system similar to America and there's only two parties. Which do you pick? A, racism and sexism, or B, atheism, abortion, or LGBT? And so 36% of people voted racism and sexism. 15% of people voted atheism and abortion. And 48% actually voted third party. So we can say almost you know, 85% of people voted other than atheism, abortion, and LGBT. And, and I'll let Alex uh, talk about it, but uh, I'm guessing this is meant to be a, a metaphor to the situation in America, right? And, and both parties. It's not, it's not even a metaphor. It's exactly what it is. Uh, one, of the, one of the statements in the poll that I prefaced it with was assuming, you know, judging them by their worst traits. So mm. the one party's worst trait is that it's racist and sexist. The other one that it promotes the atheism, LGBT rights, and abortion. And then you have a third party option, but like in America, that third party vote is basically a protest vote. And the majority of people who voted, again, it was a small N, voted against the Democrat position, right? Yeah. Right. And yet, I guarantee you that the, that the Muslims are going to all vote Democrat if they vote. Well, it, this is funny because I also brought up uh, I was hanging out with some guys the other day, uh, and and I brought up the issue of if you had someone told you you got one sin, you're going to go to the day of judgment with one sin. You're racist, or now we're saying both of them are sins, so no one should think we're taking anything lightly. It's a sin is a all sins are bad, but sins are a hierarchy too. So here's a question: You're going to go with God? You go stand up in front of Allah as a racist? You've you know, try to be against a certain group the whole your whole life just because of who they are, or you support Qomlut, right? And notice that my wording here is very careful because supporting Qomlut is the sin because you could actually be totally, have homosexual uh, desires and act upon them and believe that it's wrong and make Tawbah and make Hajj and you're forgiven, Right? So the actual act upon it and the desire of it is not the issue. It's do you believe it's the right thing to do? Mm. Do you believe God permitted it? Do you believe it's okay? And do you support it? Because if you notice, the wife of Lut, she was not acting upon it. She was, and there's no reference at all that she had this inclination. But what happened? She supported them. She loved them. Right? She loved them. That's why she turned back in horror right? Now, according to the biblical story, she turns back out of sadness because they're leaving and then she's one of them, right? She's destroyed, okay? So that, which one do you, do you want? Now, most people said, no, no, I will go to basically racism is less. It's bad, but it's less. And then also one of the things is that how do you actually categorize that? Every single one of our grandparents has a degree of racism. There's no joking. There's no, that's not a joke. That's totally true. Every single one of our grandparents, most wonderful people in the world, if you go and show them, because they grew up in this heter, uh, homogeneous environment, usually, show them somebody from afar off, they're going to crack a joke, right? They're going to have an assumption about them. So at what point is racism really bad? It's only to the point that it's oppressive, right? I mean, all of it's bad if it's in your heart, but where is it objective that we can t talk about it? Only when you take an action upon it, right? 
which is one of my one of the issues with this term is that it's so like broad it's only really it matters when you act upon it because that's where it shows okay whereas the other one it's pretty much like you can cure you can talk someone and and change them in terms of racism probably a lot easier than you can get into desires right and the philosophy of supporting that because um it's become one of you know more sympathy almost right we really want to have sympathy with this i can't politically stand up against these group etc etc moin so i'm going to try my best to 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 play the part of the liberal here yeah. in taking this position because what i would argue is isn't it worse go ahead alex you're saying something no no okay what I, what i would say is isn't it worse that you're racist because isn't this the sin of shaitan right isn't this the sin of iblis right that he was a racist and he was the first racist speciesist you could call it whatever you want but you know uh, why is it from a harm perspective right and maybe we could talk about harm later but why is it from a harm perspective that you know i have consensual desire with uh, another human being uh, worse than uh you know uh being racist so well, first of all i never actually confirmed that one sin was less than the other i just asked them and when they hesitated i said okay let's change this a little bit your son walks in he's 20 years old he's racist or gay which one do you want right or or another one you come up you stumble upon your wife's laptop right and you find material one some of the material is racist memes or lesbian support group okay which one do you want her to be part of like one's a shouting match one's like an awkward conversation why you have these memes in these positions blah 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 our friend is this right the other one is like divorce level right <laughs> so hi but to to summarize just because that was a sin of iblis that was not the problem with iblis iblis is that was pride yeah it's bad but the problem with iblis he didn't believe in allah's mercy to forgive him but that's a whole side thing right that's not how we would judge how uh, how bad a sin is right so but anyway let's get to sad sad what do you have to say what i was going to say in response to moin's uh playing uh shaitan's advocate um, <laughs> <laughs> is that um you know doc made a distinction between uh whole like holding racist views or being internally racist yeah. um and actually supporting and believing that something that has uh, an action that has expressly been told to us is haram as halal right yeah. so so one is just just like you're you're bad thinking right like you're just oh well i have a bad opinion of like people from a different race the other is expressly denying something which which god has said and saying that this is wrong right so that's much worse uh in this case yeah because one is with the creation and one's with the creator and let's hone it down even more let's hone it down so that we can actually make a good judgment here so the one sin is the person in their heart they believe that the group x is inferior horrible he hates them he loathes them in his heart okay he despises everything about their existence in his heart the other sin is he totally like you said he believes that it is okay to do this act of luwats of homosexuality 
Okay, so that just to be clear on what the two players are here, Alex. Yeah, and that that is a, that is an important dis distinction. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I was going to say is that I have seen one case to in support of Moni's uh, devil's position, yeah. which is <laughs> a, a case in which some bigotry does reach the level of Iblis's uh, <clears throat> or sin as described in the Quran, right? And it's I saw this just recently, and ironically, it's in support of anti-racism. I, I think that that's probably the origin where I've seen Muslims, Muslims say, if imagine getting to Jannah and it's full of white people, I would ask to be sent to, to, to Jahannam. Oh, Literally saying that. <laughs> that's, that, 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 is, that is the stupidity of Iblis. Yeah. That is where Iblis has failed because he would rather be in the hellfire eternally than accept someone who he believes to be inferior. Well, it, we're going to get to Naz's comment right now, but Abdullah bin Hamid Ali, he says that the anti-racists are in fact now racists. And he says, I prefer to be called a non-racist, right? But he says that the anti-racists are heading into the direction of just being anti-white, right? So they're just lumping them all and hating them and having this just emotional hatred for the term and for the people. Yeah, which if you see it from, you know, your average uh American or whatever person, I guess it is what it is, right? But when you see it from Muslims, it just, it makes no sense. It's it just, no sense, yeah. it, it makes literally no sense. Especially when, as we, as I think Saad said earlier, when all their parents came here, they were claiming that they were white. Yeah. So what, what, are, you, what are you really doing? And many of them themselves are, would still be viewed as white because the way they've, yeah. their, their upbringing, because whiteness is now viewed as certain qualities beyond your skin color right? Such as having, never having to worry about food, never having to worry about an education, How having two parents, down? having a God, right? They all, all that have, is, say all what? That is, that's all racist assumption. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, to, 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 to assume that being, being, having risk and yeah. having a strong family structure and all of these things in education that that's those are white traits exactly the most racist thing i've ever heard i know that's and and i don't know who shared, <laughs> i don't know who shared this but <laughs> some, i think it was, i can't remember who but it it's, was a list it's, it's 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 from a poster in the uh museum of african-american history in dc yeah that's where it is it's insane Nas. yeah so i was gonna make the question even harder right so uh imagine that the political party is trying to pass a law right so yeah. one political party is going to make it mandatory that you use everybody's preferred gender pronoun and uh you know you make gay marriage legal you get arrested if you you know say anything back to a gay person or disbelieve in that idea right and the other political party wants to re-implement segregation now now who would you support wow well, yeah i'm not voting <laughs> <laughs> i'm not voting i'm against both of them right and actually, you know what, you, you Mimetic, I remember he spoke about, he, he referred to uh, revolution. And he said, if a rebellious, uh, if an oppressor, oppressive person, a party, for example, rebels against an oppressive ruler, he said, we sit back and we don't intervene with both sides, with either side, because they're both, you know, neither of them are worth at that point. But that's a really good way of putting it. And right. I, would, I would even add that uh, in this choice that you have, you have like two of the worst things possible. You have physical oppression, right? Yeah. Where you actually physically separate people and, and uh, treat them as lowly. And then you have intellectual oppression on the other side where 
uh, it doesn't matter that there are scientific studies or uh, there's truth to a certain position. That doesn't matter. You know, I just made it law. You just have to follow it and well, you can't read anything else. So it's like, it's like both sides, both types of oppression are like up for the grabs. If you, put a if you put a gun to my head, I would have to say I would, if, you, if I had to make a choice, right? Mm -hmm. I would say no. I would vote in the guy who requires the pronouns and he allows for gay marriage because that's something that, firstly, I don't have to talk about you, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to say your pronoun, number mm -hmm. one. Number two, it's like stupid. It's not like crazy. It's just stupid. Secondly, gay marriage, that's for them to do it, right? But segregation, you're now going to oppress Mm -hmm. a whole lot a lot of people who did nothing right yeah and right. that's what i would care more about so i would definitely i would be against uh that group more than i would be i say okay you guys are crazy and stupid but i don't have to you don't, you didn't touch me yeah, yeah. But before uh, just real quick the reason i bring that up is because the one party that's trying to get in now they would actually pass that type of law there that's have okay. been types of uh, like the not segregation sorry the uh the pronoun law right but the other party or these these other groups, they're not necessarily calling for segregation, right? Sure. So so it's yeah. not it's not as if racism is something that's uh, it might be reflected in their policies in a subtle way, sure. But yeah. it's not something that they're they're proud to say. Oh, I'm racist, right? Or most racist. Most white supremacist groups now have come out as not being racist, like they're afraid, right? They're afraid. Of course they are, right? But they're afraid, so they're even saying it. Alex? Yeah, what I was going to say is that Nazi's example was, was unrealistic precisely because of that, because the first, the first example, the former, it does, it's what's happening already. It's the road we're heading down. Yeah. Um, and these, nobody's going to, I mean, there is white separatists. There's such a small group. There's black separatists too, also a small group. Nobody's instilling, you know, legal segregation in this country. Mm -hmm. in our lifetimes it's not going to happen the, the democracy is going to collapse before that anyway so it's not happening but the other okay. thing is is potential why don't we do some another thing in this thought experiment let's take let's agree on the best trait of the right and the best trait of the left and add that to the equation and see what happens right so what is the best trait of the right they believe in god and family is it firstly is it even true i'm just asking best trait of the right and left according to whom no, we're, we're according to us. Yeah, according, according, to according, us. according to, I mean, so before we even go there, I actually want to rope the discussion back a little bit. So that since I talked about, you know, not getting too political, the reason I actually brought the example up was to highlight how confusing this is for people, right? When, if you have never taken, like, for example, a basic class on Akita, or if you don't even know what Akita is, right, you are not going to really think about oh you know is is why is lgbt a big deal it's it's like you know is this is isn't this very easy you're talking about oppression against human beings versus you know whatever somebody does in their own personal bedroom that's their own business yep. it's very clear to people so mm -hmm. it's it, yeah. from a from a common sense perspective it seems if you're a lay person it seems very clear yeah now lgbt is not the only issue this issue has gotten so big now that you know people if i were to bring something even a little bit 
let's let's take it back a notch. Let's talk about something like the hijab or let's talk about something like zakat. You know, I saw this year people are like, oh, you know, I can't give my zakat to, I don't want to give my zakat to Muslims. I want to only mm-hmm. give it, I want to give it to all people. Why am I, I saw, only? <laughs> I saw, you know, I saw the most ridiculous comment and, and sorry to, you know, interrupt, but I just want to, because you were on that topic. Um, I saw the most ridiculous comment once that somebody said, Nauzubillah, that, you know, if, if I can't give my zakat, like I won't believe in any Allah that forbids me from giving my zakat to uh, a non-Muslim. Yeah. That's why we have jizya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this reminds me of those people who say that, you know, when they go and they're in front of Allah, they're going to say, you know, I'm going to ask him, you know, yeah. why he did no. the- but, no, but <laughs> I'm going to hold him to account. But on a on a more serious level, I think that the reason that that happens is because people have this idea that you know we have allegiance to a set of values that's outside of Islam, right? And and these are the the values that that are paramount. And in when when those two things conflict, we're gonna go with with the values that we've been told that like these things are important and. And that, that's basically it. They, you're in an environment where you're on the East Coast or West Coast or in a big city. 95% of the people are espousing the same values. You know, the shows, the movies, everything espouses the same values. So that got to you and got into your heart before, you know, the teachers, the de- people of Dawah, of Dean, have gotten to you. That's, that's what it is, right? They reached you before we reached you, right? Uh, so... That's, re- that's a summary of it. And that's probably going to happen a lot to people who don't pray Jummah, weren't raised in Masajid, etc., or educated. It, now, going to Masajid and memorize, even memorizing Quran is not the issue. It's education. Like, are you talking about the right things? Are you learning something about the foundation of your deen? Because I've seen a lot of people who spend their whole life in Masajid and, and Quran, but no one ever addressed the, the matters of ideas. Yeah. And they're off on the deep end. I've seen they don't know why they believe in God. I've seen munaqabats, right? People, in, women in niqab who've never left Islamic school, masjid life, etc. But in those experiences, in all those hours, the issues of the mutashabihat, these, the, uh, these shubuhats, I should say. Sorry, not mutashabihat, the shubuhats, these issues that confuse people, were never addressed. In mm-hmm. all those hours, they were never addressed. Whereas I, got, I know guys, public school guys, um, who... You know, they didn't know anything. But the first thing they learned were the major issues. They're like rock solid. Alex? I, was, I have to say that this is a problem of um, too much literacy, perhaps, or too much uh, of an education for the common folk, right? Because it's not a matter of every Muslim shouldn't be, shouldn't have to be knowledgeable and precise on these issues, specific issues. But what every, even, if, even if the Muslims are common, lay, everyday goat herders that have never read a book in their life, right? All they need to know is to submit to the deen and the people who teach the deen. Mm-hmm. Like this halfway education, this I've read a bunch of articles and books and I go online. This is not, this is a bad, it's a terrible thing, right? It's the problem of too much, but really not enough. That's the problem. When, it's, when you've been exposed to enough, that can confuse you. Whereas right. if it was a zero, you couldn't be confused by absolute ignorance, right? And so they end up being this, they having this 
negative view and I, um, you know, um, certain cultural misogyny and communities are disasters to grow up in, right? Mm -hmm. And then go into a liberal arts college, right? Where it's so backwards. I'd stuff for a lot to talk about Muslims like this, but it is in a sense backwards because they're, they don't know the, the ground that they're on. You're in a war zone and you have no clue about anything in this war zone. And you're totally not preparing your kids for this, right? And you give them an impression of Dean that's not even true. The, the other thing is that they're intellectually bereft even, even outside of not knowing the, the, the details of the Dean, right? Because I can make you non-Deany, secular, concrete, irrefutable arguments for every single point mm -hmm. about that we've been talking about and everything that we oppose and everything that we support from a non-Dean perspective. It, the mm -hmm. problem is that they're not even intellectually sound from yeah. a secular perspective, right? They're, they're basing the their, their positions on emotions mm -hmm. and uh, you know, what feels right, what seems right, and what's the elan of the day. And they're not even making a, a, like a, a rigorous intellectual argument for these wild positions about you yeah. know, aborting babies in the eighth month or mm -hmm. you know, transgenderism or lowering the age of consent in California if it applies to sodomy. Like mm -hmm. this is all craziness that has that you you shouldn't be supporting if you were an atheist. Mm -hmm. Wait, the, lowering the age of consent if it applies to sodomy? That's a thing? Yeah. I'll, I'll summarize it quickly. Head in California, if you were within 10 years, one person is an adult, the other person is a minor, but they're within 10 years. So, uh, and, four, and the minor is 14 or older. So a 24-year-old and a 14-year-old. If you uh, engage in sexual activity with that 14-year-old as a 23, 24-year-old, um, and it was deemed consensual, even though by law that the minor can't give consent, the judge had an option as to whether or not to make you register, right? So yeah. the judge could look at the situation and say, is this like, a, are they dating? Did the families know? That kind of stuff, right? <clears throat> and then go, well, this guy's not really a sex offender. He's just, he's dating somebody that's too young for him. Except for if it was, uh, you know, sodomy. What's defined in, in the law of sodomy is oral and anal. In that case, there's no option. It had to go to, uh, he had to register as a sex offender. They just had a bill. I don't know if it passed or not, but it's probably going to pass to not to change that so that even in cases of sodomy, uh, it won't be, the person won't have to register as a sex offender. And the state representative that proposed the bill is openly gay. And it is without question, and you can ask any gay person, and you can read all the studies on this, part and parcel of male homosexuality is a predatory uh, relationship between older men and teenage boys. This is just the way that it works. Mm. It's always been that way. It was, that, it was like that in Greece and Rome. It was like that in Kandahar before the Taliban came. And it's like that in Western societies that openly promote homosexuality. There's a whole breaking in of the youth into the lifestyle. It's like uh, everybody's trying to go back to like pre-Christian morality almost, right? Uh, killing babies, uh, uh, pedestry, you know, all this other lewd stuff. You know, it's as if they wanted to just uh, get rid of any type of Christian or Abrahamic morality from, you know, the public sphere. Well, it's like, you're, you're, it's, it's not perfect. as if it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, a, a return to paganism. Right. Return to Megan. I mean, now that you bring it up, I mean, Alex shared a great paper. I'll share it on the in the description of this uh, episode. Uh, it's by James Lindsay. 
Uh, so he he's had a number. We talked about him a couple episodes back. He wrote a bunch of those. Him and a few other folks, they wrote a bunch of fake papers on like liberal topics. But he wrote a good paper on uh, the First Amendment case for freedom from the woke religion, right? So the religion of the woke. This this idea that that has sort of permeated our ac- uh, uh, permeated academia it's permeated even the corporate world somehow somehow these people have you know even in like you know s- what's supposed to be like a pure capitalist industry like these things have you know now like cropped up it's it's in our education it's even in our masjids now right like it's it's everywhere like this religion of the woke right and so he wrote this article about uh, the First Amendment case for the freedom from this woke religion. It's a good piece, but it's it's what we're talking about now. It's this is almost a religion, not almost. It's basically a religion, right? It's a it's a pagan religion, and you can't really call it atheism. You can't really call it liberalism. But I don't know what it is, right? But uh, I don't know what to call it. Maybe we should just give it a name. <laughs> and uh, it's wokeism, right? I mean, this is kufar. I mean, it's part of it's really the, here's the problem is that part of it, it, it has some decent um, concepts in it. I mean, uh, if anyone has any connections to people who have been mistreated just for the sake of their color of their skin, you're going to f- sympathize with that point. But what? that's poison pill because it's that's the one good thing surrounded, coated by or, uh, a whole bunch of other things or mixed in with a whole bunch of other things that you just don't believe in. Well, sure. It's also I mean, not a solution, though, by the way. The, the, yeah. the woke solutions are no solution. They, yeah. will not cure, they will not cure individuals nor society of the ill of racism. I, I also find that most of them are unrooted, um, soul, you know, people like floating around with no basis, no roots. They've, they, they're, they tend to be people that I feel like are almost unwell. And I don't know how we shouldn't trust them to teach us how to live a happy life and to be moral because they themselves don't seem happy. Right. So you're not like a a symbol of serenity, but you want to guide us. Right. So there's a problem there. Nas. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned an interesting point because, um, uh, you know, the old school wokeism of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all these other uh, great figures in American history was rooted in some religious tradition. Right. Mm -hmm. So, the fight for injustice uh, came as a result of, you know, I worked on myself and my community, and now it's to work for the rest of humanity, right? And it's rooted in some type of cosmology and some type of God that, okay, God does not uh, like injustice. Mm-hmm. But what happened so oddly is that the, like, fighting against injustice somehow got separated from that cosmology. And now what you have is people that have made injustice a type of religion, like fighting against injustice is the God. So any type of injustice that happens to you, you know, people might be listening to this and thinking, you know, these people are like, they're, they're not sympathetic. They, uh, they just want black people to get killed by cops and stuff like that. No, like those things are bad, but that doesn't mean that suddenly now we have to support Marxism, right? That doesn't mean that suddenly now we have to support a philosophy of gender. You know, none, none of this stuff has anything to do with uh, people's oppression, right? So al- like Alex was saying, it, that's not even a solution anyway, right? <laughs> right? So it's like both sides are trying to find a proper solution. One side is saying, look, you can't just tear everything down and somehow, uh, you know, uh, believe that a solution is going to emerge out of thin air. That, it's not how the real world works. 
uh, one of the best things that you said there is that in the absence of a sacred, you have to actually, fighting oppression becomes your religion. So what does that mean? That means you need a constant sense of oppression, right? The amount of wrongs has to constant, that list can never be exhausted. Yep, right. right. Yeah, and that's the difference between, I mean, you said the wokeism of Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, but that wasn't wokeism. They had serious, serious grievances that they were challenging that were affecting wide swaths of society and which would have destroyed this country in a way that a lot of the grievances today don't. Putting, putting aside police brutality, I mean, somebody looks at you. I, that person was looking at me because I wear hijab. Maybe. Maybe not. That's not a. That's not a reason to to go buck wild the way that people have been. Not at all. All right. So let's break for Maghrib. We'll come back. Uh, talk about a few other things. How's things over at NBIC, Doctor Shelley? Slow. Yeah. Nothing much going on. We're trying to have a Melod October twenty fourth. Okay. In outdoor Melod. Okay. At night. No, no. Middle of the day. Oh, middle of the day. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be rough. There won't be like masjid programming in the winter because it'll be too cold to be outside. Say again? It'll be too cold to be outside, right? For a lot of masjid programming in the winter. And then uh, it's still not doing program inside. We're probably going back to that. that um, Lockdown situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get cold and dark. Not good. Yeah, it's going to be a, a total, uh, you know, <clears throat> that's going to be, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Cause I think at this time of the year, you know, people get depressed. That's like when they need these things the most, right? Like community being able to pray in Jama, like all these things, you know, once they start going, people get in their little holes and their ruts and it's dangerous. I'm telling you, it, it was such a big name and, um, see it. I think Alex now, but uh, you know, hasn't experienced it yet. But it's like an average, you know, Monday night or Wednesday night, and you roll down for Isha, and the masjid is filled with kids, right? Um, and they're all running around, and there's a team playing basketball in the back, and then you run into somebody you know. All of that is what the Prophet Sallallahu knew yep. would be the side consequences of Salat and Jama'ah. And you can't be like you don't. You'll never feel. So down and depressed ever. Yeah, if I mean, two times a week, three times sure. a week. I, when I lived up there, like, I mean, if I ever felt down, you just go to Isha. You just see so many people. You just people. already, yeah. already kind of up, right? Yeah. yeah. Now it's just uh, there's like maybe a dozen of us on on a regular basis at Isha, and yeah. we're socially distanced. And there's like two women in the back, and, and you're not allowed to talk anyway. Yeah. Like you can't mingle, right? No. Not and in there's front no of any of the authorities anyway. Yeah, and there's no kids running around. No, like no. the lights are not even on, right? I mean, it's just like dim, and yeah. it's just um, well, that I mean, you can turn the lights on, <laughs> <laughs> we have some lights on, <laughs> it's probably making fun of me. <laughs> like, like, there's no need, right? That's why, because there's no, no need. No, is, most, it, most is it night where you are now? <laughs> yes, man. It went from the morning to night really quick where you are. Morning, I'm in daylight, man. Daylight. Naz, if you just open a curtain, you'll get more light than you have right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, know, the, you know, that's the, what the millennial room looks like. Mm -hmm. It's dark yeah. 24 hours a day. 
Yeah. They want to stay up till 3 a.m. on their computers. <clears throat> Why are you describing my life? <laughs> they have uh, bags under their eyes, and they're on antidepressants. And when I was... <laughs> when I was... <laughs> yeah, not Zan. Not Nas, but the millennial, oh, yeah, no, no. a lot of them are on that. And when yeah. I was talking about how these, uh, the, the religion of woke, it's just like, I'm not, I'm going to just to take a glance at your representatives is part of the equation of assessing mm -hmm. the value of this thing, right? And the representatives are not that always that great. They're I mean, not. I'm sure there's some excellent, well-spoken people <laughs> that are stable, but That's the bulk, it's this type of, um, unstable, very open about their their you know their mental issues really it's not very yeah, it's it. true and moin forward me that post of yours where you said like name any philosopher who to this day people are like you know uh admiring and taking lessons from their life on how to live and like showing up at their grave and i was like nobody not even like their secular heroes like all of the monuments that they've built for all these people you go to you know lincoln memorial you know nobody's trying to climb up onto lincoln's lap and like you know <laughs> like get a get a glimpse of his face meanwhile if you go to Masjid on nabawi right like they literally have to push people away yeah. uh, as you walk by the prophet yeah. With Salam's grave, Honestly. yeah. So, so you don't see this at any, and they build giant monuments, right? Nobody's on Washington Monument, like taking a dip in the pool, trying to get that, <laughs> get that water from you know, good old George Washington. So, you know, you see these things, and you're just like that. The proof is in the pudding, right? Like nobody is treating these figures at that same level. And yeah. and in a couple hundred years, nobody nobody will even remember their names, right? Like you give it some more time, and forget, empires fade, uh, nations fall, and all those people disappear into nothing. Anyway. Forget a couple hundred years. Give it like a few more years, they'll start hating these same people. Well, they already do. They, they are, already yeah, do. Sure. It's already starting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wanna I wanna be careful about uh, bashing the philosophers, right? Um, not, <laughs> <laughs> not, not because right, right uh, well because like i think we uh sometimes we over us like we take for granted the fact that we have the dean right like we really take that for granted yeah and and what the philosophers were trying to do they they looked at christianity doesn't make any sense how do i arrive at truth and somebody like nietzsche for example he was living you know nietzsche died of a panic attack he saw a horse getting whipped and he just couldn't handle it you know he broke down and uh you know he, he died of a panic attack so uh, what somebody like that was trying to do is like, look, uh, you guys are saying uh, we don't need God. And he was living at a time when God's been wiped out, right, from people's intellectuals' uh, understanding. So he was living at that time, and he saw the problem. He was like, wait, there's no God. That means that there's no morality, mm -hmm. right? And he obsessed his entire life over trying to solve this problem. Okay, God's not a logical possibility then how do we how do we live a moral life and you know and he, and he didn't like, solve it he didn't solve it right but the, <laughs> yeah. the fact is the fact is that a lot of these philosophers were agonizing over how to get at truth because they didn't have the they didn't have the, the light of revelation you're right i mean we it's it's you can't just dismiss people who didn't have uh, what we have and right. uh, so you're saying we're 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 wahi privileged <laughs> we yeah. like we're, in a sense we we're, are you know? guidance privileged right yes yeah. no no yeah. maturidi will accept this argument from you that's true well, too <laughs> so let, the, let the maturidis bring their bring their but, argument but but you're right but nonetheless it stands that when we critique um, you know, a set of ideas and someone's, you know, telling all society this is how to live. Uh, 
if you know how the secret of how to live a happy life, you should be living a happy life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Rousseau and Voltaire hated each other. Mm. Voltaire was the older one. Rousseau and he, Voltaire, it looks like really nice on the outside because he said we should tolerate the Muslim and the Jew, etc. Mm -hmm. The reason is he didn't believe in anything, right? Yeah. That's worse than everything. So, so he didn't believe in anything, and it was he, he had a condescending view to all of them, but he coded it in in the word tolerance, right? And he really just did that to undermine the Catholic Church. Then you had Vol uh, Rousseau had a lot of kids from all sorts of different, you know, uh, children out of wedlock. But he had more of a sense of humor than Voltaire. So Voltaire wrote to him and he said, at least I never left any of my children at the uh, step of the church. And then Rousseau writes back to him and he says, no, I never did that either. I always take them inside from the cold, right? <laughs> and drop them off. So these guys are notorious. And that was okay. Children out of wedlock is nothing in comparison to some of the guys later on, right? Some yeah, of the guys I'll, I'll, uh, Sheikh, I'll tell you something. I was obsessed with the autobiography of Rousseau when yeah. I was uh, doing my English minor. And yeah. I, just, I just read it. It's like, mashallah, you know, he is, he's so eloquent. I want to learn French to read the original. And then I skip ahead, and then I find out that he had, like, two children and, uh, with this lady, and he just put them up for adoption. I'm yeah. just like, what the heck? You know, you're, you're talking about all of these nice things, and you abandoned your kids? Yeah, that's then, the thing. I, yeah, so, and then I gave up reading that. So... so when I look at that, I'm like, if you built your society on these guys, it's done, it's lost. You've lost, right? Mm -hmm. It's only the veneer of success because everyone's rich and nobody's complaining. I give it 20% poverty, 30% poverty, you're going to have a revolution. Alex? So, uh, you know, my, my bottom line on all of this is Islam has, and this is, I know it sounds pat, but it's true. Islam has its own solutions to the ills of society, whatever those ills might be. Right, including prejudice and bigotry and racism. We don't need to adopt foreign external methodologies, uh, rules of engagement, rules of uh, what we're seeking to attain. We're seeking to attain what Allah has said that we should attain. Not more than that, not less than that, not different from that, not more nuanced from that. And the biggest danger is in the allyships that we, that we do for a good reason, because we think racism is bad, Mistreatment of people is bad. Oppression is bad. And we're going to fight it. Alhamdulillah. You don't fight it by joining. Like, if there's a, if there's a protest march against Israel, right? Against the, the harms that Israel is committing to, uh, against the Palestinians. Muslims should support that. If it's organized in coalition with the New Jersey neo-Nazi party, no Muslim would join that. Yep. So why are we, why are we compromising on other things? Yeah. Like we shouldn't compromise on any of it. And uh, this will be the last thing I say on it. It's, uh, I, this is a, a post that I put up on Twitter today. It's a metaphysical reality that you don't attain unto Allah's mercy and protection by compromising in the deen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like you don't increase your risk by, by, by stealing or cheating or lying, right? You make God, you work hard within the parameters of Islam, not outside of them. Absolutely. And you, Allah says, Only Allah only accepts the works from the people of taqwa, right? Yeah. And it's also the means that the methodology that you go about things, if you're going to be compromising, then the whole, there's no point, right? You're not going to get it. Whether you like it or whether you think you have power or not, you're not going to get it. It's going to be bad for you at the end of the day. Moin? So, 
to go back to our, our topic a little bit on the idea of the, the woke uh, religion and why sort of a lot of Muslims, non-Muslims, I mean, they're going in droves, but, you know, why are so many Muslims attracted to this, you know, woke religion? I think it's because of two things. The first is a misunderstanding or a pure ignorance of, of the Aqidah of, of the Islamic faith. And also, I think it's a misunderstanding of the literal Aqidah of the woke religion, because it's not it's, it hasn't been outlined, and I actually think there should be a project that, I'm, you know, I think we should take that up. We need like an outline, a literal a creed of what is this woke religion? What are the principles that you cannot cross? Like, for example, if you say that you don't agree with homosexuality, according to them, this is kufr, right? Like yeah. you've crossed the, the woke bound, you know, if you – so there are certain tenets that they believe in and certain lines that they will not cross, right? Go ahead, Zod. Here's why that's not possible and why that doesn't exist. Because uh, 10 lines into that list of tenets, you'll have about 20 contradictions. <laughs> so, and, and you won't know. Like, right? like if you look at our Aqidah, right, it's clear. Right? And, and each, each part of it uh, expands on, on the part before it. Whereas these things, they, they contradict. They'll like overwrite certain parts of their own tenets. Uh, they'll they'll push them aside in some cases and not other cases, right? If gender is a social construct, then then and, and races, then why can't you switch genders and races? But but you can't do that, right? Like these all these caveats and these contradictions, they're just not going to line up, and that's why there's no outline. And by the time you finish writing your outline, it's already changed. Like yeah. it changes in real time. So like you can't you can't you will never get to publication. You'll never eat. Some guy criticized our um, podcast on cancel culture. And he said that, you know, yeah, you guys are against cancel culture and specifically me, un uh, unless you're an Ibadi or a Salafi or a Shia, then you're all canceled, right? But, every, but then, but I said, yes, yeah, fool, you totally misunderstood it. It's not that we're against the, its existence. We're against the nature of the constant change, okay, of, the list. There's no list. Give me a list of what's cancelable from now until 2030 so I can avoid it, right? So I can go live my life confidently and avoid it just without having to worry about stepping on a mine or something. Doc, just they a, can't just even a give you a list of pronouns. You will never get a list for one year, let alone 10 years, right? Because transageism, someone who, who just posted that out. Right. That's a real thing. I, I, I'm, I stand firmly against anybody criticizing transageism. Yeah. And <laughs> I, there was I'm much younger than my real age. There was a third lady for transracial, like where she, she was an activist out in the middle Midwest or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And she lied about her race. Yeah. So why is, uh, so they don't, firstly, it's one of those blobs where, Who's leading this? Does it have a spine? Is there a brain? Is there a sheikh? Is there an imam? Like the Quran says, al kufr, right? So I can go and I can find like certain imams who are the leaders of this thought, of a certain thought, but not in this. So I don't know who's the leader of this thing. Well, one of them is uh, Judith Butler. I don't <laughs> of course, she's one of them, yeah. But yeah. she'll get canceled eventually herself too yeah. because she's, so, she's getting older. Her sentiments will not allow her to bend the way the new generation is going to bend it. Wait, it's right? Monday, right? It's Monday yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, 
<laughs> so here's how amorphous the thing is. Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be canceled before the end before of the this year. this week. Oh. What's your prediction? <laughs> no, she will be because as, as more and more people are coming out and eulogizing her and uh, nominating her for sainthood, even though she would not accept it because she's Jewish, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she's, she was a judge for 40 years, 13 yeah. of them on the D.C. Circuit, 27 uh, on the Supreme Court. Every year, federal judges hire four clerks, law clerks to work for them. And so that's like 120 hires. Yeah. One black law clerk. Wow. Wow. Like, oh, wow. There you go. And, and, and also she came out against Kaepernick and said that the, the kneeling uh, yeah. for the anthem is dumb and disrespectful. There you oh. go. She sounded well, worse than Trump. She's canceled. She's Somebody canceled. Press that she's button. she's so, going to be canceled for everybody. Honestly, Alex, I've already seen that happening with some people calling her out about some of those things. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's she, already starting not, to gain momentum. JK yeah, Rowling got canceled. Have, so she'll only have a currency with uh, people who are uh, want to kill kids. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was going to bring up JK Rowling next is. You see, I mean, J.K. Rowling is actually, it's, it's, she's not even like some conservative figure. J.K. Rowling was like the poster child of liberal, liberal feminism, right? Yeah. Like five years ago. Yeah. Now, I mean, <clears throat> it's actually gotten ridiculous to the point that in the U.K., a ton of publishers are like refusing, we're refusing to publish like the Ichabod, right? Like her like newest novel. And what ends up happening is, I mean, she's rich enough that it doesn't really matter, right? The, eventually, some publisher will just take her anyway. However, you'd say these little publishers and you know, or little authors, and you know, they're they're gonna get canceled for the dumbest reasons. Like, why is she even getting canceled? Like, because because she said she believes in two genders. Like, come on now. Like, what? Like, that's not even like nobody in like. You can't find most normal people. If you went out into your neighborhood and you just asked your entire neighborhood, you will not find, you know, a, a human being in your town, like in person, who doesn't believe in two genders. And yet, like the, like the, these publishing houses are like not publishing her book. Like, come on now. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's, she's one of their own imams. She, but she, that's the bed that you made. Now sleep in it, right? Because you, you created this and you don't realize how bad this monster would get, right? That's why we don't do bid'ah. Because Allah says, uh, you know, uh, the Prophet peace be upon him warned us of bid'ah. You don't know how far it's going to go, right? So stick to what you know. Alex? Yeah, one of the hallmarks of, of it is that it keeps bifurcating. Mm -hmm. And uh, it keeps splitting off and becoming more and more crazy. Each day. Yeah. Like, look at Shiism, right? Mm -hmm. At one point, it was just people who were like Ali Abu Bakr. Yeah, which one? We is prefer like? Ali, right? Yeah. And if fast forward to now, they have groups that believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Ibrahim Alayhi Salam went to the wrong person. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Believe that. Believe in incarnation. That yeah. Allah is inca was incarnate in Sayyidina Adi. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, it just keeps splitting until it gets crazier and crazier. Yeah, that, that's like the Jerus version of it. Even the, the, your, your old school Shias reject that, right? Yeah. And, but it's their fault because they started it. Yeah. And that's, like, that's why. That's your grandchild. <laughs> that's responsibility. You, you guys produced that and well, uh, not directly. Indirectly, you produce it. Now, one of the things that we have that's the biggest nama is we have little lists 
Tahawiyah, right? Which can literally be written on the front and back of this piece of paper, right? This is the creed. You stick to this, you're good to go. No one could call you anything, right? So that's where the, the critique comes in is that the unpredictability of this thing uh, is such that it unstabilizes, destabilizes everyone. And we have a whole nation now, I think, that's destabilized. Like no one knows what's gonna, what they're going to step on next. It's going to blow up. I feel bad for celebrities, right? You know, celebrities, who, especially the older ones who have a past, right? They made jokes in their past. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, but the thing about celebrities is that they're also at the forefront of promoting this madness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like they, 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 they jump in so. with both feet. And but you know what? I think they're jumping in because they're afraid, right? Mm, I like, think they're, you know what the Khawarij originated as? <clears throat> they're the killers of Uthman, Sayyidina Uthman. So when Sayyidina Ali takes the Khilafah and he said, yeah, I'm going to settle down, then I'm going to prosecute them. They all dressed up in big beards, right? And they pretended to be his biggest followers to the point of extremism just to be close to him so that he doesn't um, prosecute them. And then they created all these problems for him to keep him busy. I bet you a whole ton of these guys, they're so afraid, you know, so they want yeah. to put themselves at the forefront. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these companies, uh, especially Disney, Disney's a big one. They're completely reinventing some of their old franchises, right? Yeah. Uh, they got hold of Star Wars and they're purposely hiring, you know, uh, LGBT writers and women writers, not for their artistic ability, mind you, but to change the script and create content that's specifically uh, promoting LGBT and uh, changing the storyline and making the, the woman female and the main character female and all this other stuff, right? Just to appeal, like you said, because they're scared of this, um, this popular movement. <laughs> yeah, that's is a trans icon now. Yeah. Mulan is a what? Mulan wow. is like a trans icon. <clears throat> well, my what? question is, um, you know, if if you run the risk, if you're on a if you're in the middle of a minefield, right, and you run the risk of setting off a mine at every single step mm -hmm. to the point where you're having to dance around, you don't know which direction you're going in, just try to trying to avoid these mines. Is there a tangible harm? in just going in a straight line across the field. Yeah, you'll set off all the mines in your path, but at least you'll be in the direction that you need to go, right? So like, what is the downside there, right? Oh, all these people that get canceled, they have social consequences, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, right, what, is there going to be any tangible harm to you if, if you take that approach? See, the thing is that we don't have a world that's yet black and white yet. That's only two parties. If we did, it'd be comfortable. But we have so many people who are in, the, in that gray middle and not even blameworthy middle, right? So Mo, like Moeen, when he talks, I realize that he's an IT guy. He's not a liberal arts guy. I can just tell, right? Um, he's also not on Twitter a lot. So I know that he's not up to date on certain things, right? I know other, a lot of people who are like this. They're in the medical field. They're busy, right? And so their judgment on things is a quick snap judgment based on what they see, right? So it's them who a person will, you know, lose and will suffer from their, the consequence of those people who are, are friends, relatives, whatever, right, who will just see the, the side effects of getting blown out of the water or canceled. And I remember, like, sometimes, you know, like, w some family I have that might not realize the level of conflict on a place like Twitter, let's say, 
And then they, they said, hey, listen, I, I heard somebody uh, got upset with you on Twitter. Right? Try not to. You know, like you're, you're, the, you're supposed to be talking, Dean, and try, not, try to just, you know, be easy on the people. Right? And it's like you're, you're assessing from like 1990s or 1980, and you don't know what this world is. But how many people are like this? Right? So it's almost like I, I don't want to go there and step on a mine because I know it's going to have a negative consequence on that gray mass of people who are in the gray area who just make a snap quick judgment on what they see and they're not up to date. There's no way to get them up to date. Right. I, I mean, you, you brought my example up and, and I'm going to further that and say that it's, you know, if it wasn't for me being involved in Safina society and, and trying to stay up to date on this stuff, I would have no idea. Yeah. Right. And, and most people in our fields and just regular laymen, they're, they're busy with their lives and these things. They don't, they don't see. And what yeah. I find scary, though, is that this small segment of the population, like 20 years ago when they were getting degrees in like liberal arts, like, you know, you know, feminism and all this other garbage stuff that, you know, you, don't, you thought they weren't going to get a job. Unfortunately, yeah. they all got jobs. It's because they couldn't <laughs> get a job that we've gotten to this point, right? When a bunch of people can't get jobs, you know, they postulate, they theorize, they put some, you know, material out there for, for the culture and the zeitgeist to absorb. And that's what you get. Then 30 years later, it's been absorbed. And like, suddenly those people have jobs lined up. This has all just been an extended job application. <laughs> that's what this is. That's, that's 110% oh, wow. what it is. Uh, because they, they, they don't know what they're going to get next, right? And some of them make it big and some of them don't. Alex? Yeah, that's an interesting point because prior to critical race theory, the rise of it in the, in the 1980s, right, um, there was two, two theories of how you improved a lot of uh, downtrodden or oppressed people. Mm -hmm. uh, besides giving them legal rights, right, how do you, still, how do you actually improve the conditions? And one is the Marxist, one is the capitalist view, right? Or the, the neoliberalist view, which is you improve their economic conditions. And so you give people opportunity, they improve their economic conditions. As their economic conditions improve, their general society will improve and the groups in that society will also improve. The Marxist position is you improve their economic condition. You do it by a different means rather than creating opportunity. You create, uh, you know, ownership by the masses of the means of production, et cetera. But in both cases, the means to, to, to raise up the oppressed and to, and to improve their lot in life is simply by improving their economic condition. And if anything that America has taught us in the last 40 years is that improved economic conditions go hand in hand with improved societal conditions, even for the most oppressed people, right? Again, police brutality being an outlier in this. And that's a whole other issue that we addressed previously. It's, it has a, it's unique, it's unique in its history and it's unique in its outcomes. But other than that, it's about improving economic conditions. This critical race theory and this critical theory model is, no, 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 none of that is going to make things better. We need to actually fundamentally change society in the way that it's uh, constructed. And it's... It's, it's what's driving a lot of it, right? So like when Nas said, you don't look to Marxism for it, you don't look to Marxism because Marxism wouldn't even propose these insane solutions. This is all coming from, from a handful, literally, of academics, mostly lawyers, law, law school guys and women from the 1980s and, and 90s. And it's, it's an insanity that just keeps rolling. Uh, I, I just want to add something quickly. 
you know, a lot of this, uh, as you mentioned, Alex, it also comes from empowering like the regular average Joe, right? <clears throat> Regardless of you know how competent they are, you know, it could be the the teenage girl or the teenage guy, doesn't matter. Empowering them to take an active stand in shutting down oppression, right? Now, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, Islam and the religions and morality, there's an aspect to this where you take your stand and uh, you don't do what's, uh, what's wrong in your personal life, right? And you take a stand. But what the interesting thing is that they take a stand at the, uh, at the societal scale. So somebody did, did something wrong. Let's say they uh, said a homophobic tweet or whatever, according to them. And now it's, it's fault that I take this person down and I destroy their life. Just change a recent, it with their hands. Yeah, change it with their hands. Uh, recent example, uh, there was this brother called Dawood Kim, uh, this uh, a Korean, Korean Muslim, and he, he would make very good videos uh, for you know, Muslims in Korea, did a lot of dawah. There are these two girls that set him up, right? Before he became Muslim, they, they set him up, and apparently he did stuff with them, and now this came out. Now, it's completely false, right? They, they have police reports and everything like that, that none of this stuff happened and uh, it was all, you know, it was all forgiven and there's no, no legal charge, right? Completely false. There are like police reports you can find online. But even Muslims, all the Muslim followers of his, they started making videos like destroying his life, right? You know, you were a Muslim, how could you do this? And remember, he did this before he was Muslim, right? Uh, you're a Muslim, how could you do this? And there's like this a protracted war that have been happening for the past four weeks or so, right, about his reputation. And this guy's like in depression. He deleted all his videos and he's like gone from YouTube now. So and what exactly are they accusing? Well, they're what accusing that he sexually harassed these women. Right. But it's it's actually false because, you know, the police report says so. And it was already resolved. Right. Okay. Right. But what Muin was saying is like. If I'm, a, if I'm a regular person watching, you know, his videos and I have, I'm busy, I just see one video and I just form my opinion, right? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not digging into this, right? That's so, exactly my point. And, and now this person who's completely innocent, like his life is ruined, yeah. right? And he can't get his reputation ever back. And it's, uh, you know, it's so incredible how, how harmful that uh, this type of mentality is. Let me it, tell you. That's exactly it. And before we get to sad, because when you have to deal with a diverse group of people, especially children and youth and stuff, there's there, it just it doesn't benefit you. It harms you to put, to step on a mine, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, uh, I'm not like some lone person who's just working on the internet, which would be no problem, right? In that, in fact, yeah. in that case, that's good because it's more publicity, right? But when you actually deal with real human beings on a daily basis, they just want, give me the lesson. And I can go home. And I'm happy with that too, because I want to give, I want, you know, our teachers to give them the lesson and then go home because that's how you build. But the distraction of, of, of controversy, you know, it just doesn't benefit that. Uh, but I am willing to get into a controversy that's worthwhile because I believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports, you know, in the controversy that's worthwhile, not some kind of cultural thing that's just was stupid. Right. Yeah. That yeah. I was just going to say, you know, in, in regards to what Nas brought up, that example, yeah. I mean, that seems to be like the modus operandi now, right? Mm -hmm. Is that if we can't, these people look at the the political systems and the justice systems of ha as having failed them completely, right? And so they look 
to a sort of more vigilante justice where, where they can just, uh, you know, say something or, or bring up something from the past, cause a stir, and it leads to a lot of social consequences. And so they take it upon themselves as a mantle to be like, okay, you know, we're not going to get through any sort of, we're not going to get any recourse through any other means. So we're just going to go and tear this person down directly with social influence and social clout. And that'll achieve our objective. The problem is, is when you make that your operating norm, uh, what's going to happen is that you're opening yourself up to that sort of attack as well. Right. And so invariably somebody's going to come and say, well, we're going to tear you down in the same way that you tore this person down. And it's just going to continue like that. You're going to fall from grace as well eventually. And, and it creates this, what Doc was saying, that this, there's no leaders, right? There's no sort of head of these uh, philosophies and these, these, these various splinter groups because everyone's just getting taken down. It's just like constant creative destruction for, for, for these, uh, uh, it's, it's these like people. That's, uh, it's like that scene in Inglorious Bastards, uh, that movie where uh, the, all the Nazi officials and the spies are sitting in the same room, right? And everybody has a gun <laughs> pointed towards each other, like under the table, right? So they're playing cards. Right, yeah. <laughs> they're playing cards while laughing and making jokes. And, but then they have a gun pointed to the other person's like... Uh, yeah, it's like a Mexican standoff. Yeah, and then at the end Racist. of the scene, That's they, they shoot caught. each other and everybody dies. Uh, cancel well, Scott. That, <laughs> but... Uh, I also wanted to say another thing is that it leads to hypocrisy and performances. And that's what people call this performative, right? But uh -huh. it's like everyone's so afraid. So either you're not going to talk, you're going to talk and you're going to create problems or you're just going to fake it, right? And how many people are just faking it? Because it's just a hassle. I don't want to be, can't, I don't want to be, uh, have this, you know, uh, uh, this mob on my back, Right. So they fake it. And so if, if you create an environment where everyone's faking it, then have you really achieved your agenda? Right? Mine? I think what a lot of people don't realize, and because I, I do work in, in tech and, and, and Saad and Nazmul do as well, is that a lot of these problems, they did start sort of after the internet came. And I think they're exacerbated by the internet today. And I say this oftentimes in past podcasts as well, but the internet does exacerbate these problems. And I'll give a, a good reason and an example of how it does so. If you and I, Dr. Shadley, you know, if we went on google.com right now, right? And you typed in. <laughs> okay. Uh, if, I mean, Google. if you went on Google, right? And you typed in coronavirus is, right, and just space, right? And, and all of you guys did it. Every single one of us is going to see a different recommendation up at the top, right? Somebody's might say like coronavirus is a is like the common cold or it's like a virus, coronavirus is a flu, coronavirus is a hoax. Like you might see a bunch of different things, right? You won't see any of those on Google. You won't see them, the yeah, not on Google. Right. But well that's 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 what actually makes it even worse. If you took a website like um, Wikipedia right? It's, it's fairly objective in that you and I and all of us, we can see who the authors are, who edited it, what time it was edited, and we're all going to see the same page. When you go on Twitter or Facebook or any of these social media platforms, 
you know, you might think that, oh, me and Dr. Shadi are seeing the same type of stuff. Like, oh, like, let's say you're on Muslim, like, the, you know, you're, you're on Twitter with a bunch of Muslims. It's like, oh, I'm seeing this tweet about uh, uh, X person today. And, and, you know, I'm seeing this tweet about this scholar today. And there's this scandal. And you think it's like, oh, everybody's talking about these scandals. There's all these scandals. Yep. And then Nazm was like, I don't see any scandals. I just see like, you know, Quran quotes all day, yep. you know. Or it's like, you know, Alex is like, I don't see anything about scandals. Like, I only see things about, you know, law or whatever he follows. I will only see scandals, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me tell you, Moeen, it that you're right about that. And it's, so, it's creating re- different realities for people. And I think America now is going to a point of two completely different realities, right? Uh, uh, between the right and the left and the uh, urban and the rural. But... The other point is, we're here talking about, you know, how crazy these woke people are, but what instigated, what really instigated the existence of these people was a lot of crimes that really also were not, would have never been known without cell phone technology. Of course. And I think that, like, when people view a situation, you got a reaction that's absurd, but also you got to look at, you know, to to the defense of that is that, what caused that reaction to develop in the first place? Something equally absurd, which is a problem that's probably, you know, maybe even bigger because police, uh, police forces, we talked about this in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we didn't talk about is how financially and politically entrenched they are. I don't see a change in police, you know, in policing anytime soon. If okay. that doesn't happen, then there's, then the woke thing, it's even going to get, it's going to increase. Right, mm-hmm. because we cannot only look at one problem. Like the woke people are annoying to us, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you look at what these uh, uh, different police forces, whether you want to believe it's a one loan off, you know, one rotten bad apple, what they call it, or it's you know in the culture, okay, whatever, we can't come to that conclusion anyway. So that doesn't matter. But when you look at what they've actually done with their ability to use force. I mean, it's like, you're asking for it. You guys really do deserve this country to be lit up, to be honest with you. Like, the, the poor guy who was on some kind of drug, he's naked in the street and it's snowing in New York. And the guy ends up dead, right? The guy's a complete machine. His brother called the, for help. So when you see stories like that, you're going to get a reaction and you deserve it, right? You, this, the country that does this and the people who st- stood by this and silent and... and, and you deserve it. I'm sorry. Like you, you got, I don't have no sympathy when I see that type of thing. And you think that you're going to get a nice buttoned up type of person like Martin Luther King who wants to sit down and actually be happy. No, he came and went. That was your chance. The guy came in and from just from a bird's eye view, Martin Luther King, he wants to get along, right? You still didn't take it, right? Now you're going to get a, guy, a group of guys, they don't want to get along. They want to burn it down. All I can say is, you guys asked for it, right? You guys kept doing it, and the small pe- amount of people did it, but everyone else is going to suffer. So now, th- this, this is my analysis from uh, since my undergrad days, and uh, it's held up so far, and it's only getting more and more like that. You know, the, the real sin, the real negative, negative this-worldly effect of the sin of bigotry, racism, slavery in this country has been that when they had the chance to relent during the civil rights period, 
they didn't. They fought it. They did not relent as a nation, right? The people in charge. Um, and what they ended up doing was opening the door for every grievance. This, this, this metastasizing form of grievance culture that we were talking about, you know, the, the continuing bifurcation and splitting of these identity groups and the complaints that they bring, they could have avoided all of this. Now, back when I was talking about this many years ago, I was just saying, if, it was, if, you'd, if you would have just served that cup of coffee, right, which is the title of a book about civil rights, about the, the lunch counter protest, if you had just served that cup of coffee, you might have avoided the whole gay stuff, the whole LGBT stuff, the whole, not just feminism that was legitimate, like asking for, you know, rights that even, uh, that are granted in, in Islam, right? ownership of property autonomy that kind of stuff but this like radical crazy stuff that goes on now this is all the door to that was all opened by the civil rights movement which is why even today like uh barack obama's attorney general eric holder referred to gay rights gay marriage as the quote-unquote civil rights uh movement of our lifetime which of course that's changed again but for that brief period, it was the civil rights movement of our lifetime, right? They referred to the civil rights movement because that was where you opened up the door to all of this. Yeah. Had they not resisted, had they just been just and treated people the way that Islam says that you should treat people, right? With equality, with justice, with fairness. They could have avoided opening yeah. all these doors, but that door is open now and you're not closing it. And before we get to Moina and Nas on their points, the, this country couldn't have dealt with it because they lack a cosmology and a moral language, right? So how would we have dealt with issue of race? <clears throat> Not by making a law, but by talking about a cosmology, which means who made you and who made him, right? Who created him and who created her, right? Uh, on all these skins. And then what did that creator do? He sent a messenger and he said, treat everyone, you know, there's no difference between a black and a white, an Arab and a non-Arab, right? We have that language. I don't think they have that here. Alex? The thing is, those, that, those principles are in the Constitution. Yeah. Right? The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, if read just literally, mm-hmm. it affords all those rights. It, mm-hmm. it opens it up, right? It's, it's, it's very expansive. It's a, it's a document that, enshri- that uh, you know, documents certain rights and, and enshrines them in the, in the law, right? So they actually had the, oper- they had the document to do it. It was not the same as, obviously, as what we have, but... They had the opportunity to do it even by their own, which is why eventually it came to pass through the law. Yeah. But racism is not a legal issue. Segregation may be legal, but racism, the root of segregation, is a spiritual problem. Yeah. It's in your heart that you don't want your offspring to have a color. That's all it is, right? You want your daughter and your sons or whatever, you want your grandkids to be white. That's really what it is. And that's a spiritual problem. That can only be addressed by a spiritual solution. So when you lack a religion and any cosmology, you have no way to do it. Alex? I'll just say that that idea of wanting your kids to look like you, and obviously that's not something that's a concern for me, for those of you that know me personally, right? But this idea of I want my kids to be Pakistani or I want my kids to be Egyptian, two designations that aren't even real, by the way, they're just nationalities. Yeah. But I want my children to be like, this is actually a normal human function, right? We shouldn't vilify and demonize. I want my kids to be, you know, like I, I'm, I know plenty of people who are like, I want my kids to be Hispanic. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I want them to learn Spanish. I want them to know the culture. I want, we can't vilify it just when white people do it, right? Sure. They have the same right as anybody else to prefer their own culture or to like it and want to pass it down to their offspring as long as it's not tied into invidious 
hatred of other races. Yeah. Which in this case, it was oftentimes tied into like a, a absolute loathing. Yeah, historically in this country, 100%. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, and- Go ahead, Naz, I have a longer Naz? Uh, yeah, so I was I was just going to add to Dr. Shadi's point um, and Alex's. You know, I, the other thing that the that these people did when they had their chance is they made religion unpleasant, right? Like you're talking about cosmology, right? Uh, look at the the left today. They don't really have a religious cosmology or anything, and there's a reason for that. It's because uh, the, this long history of oppression by you know these so-called right winger groups, these conservative types, right? Economic oppression, racial oppression just all this other stuff, it made religion, any mention of religion, unpleasant. So because now... Their association. Yeah, any type of... Uh, because of that association. So now when you mention religion to these, these left-winging types, they have a, almost a PTSD reaction, right? So, uh, like, you basically destroyed any type of foundation uh, that, that they could have had. The other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, see, mercy is a key feature of Muslim civilization, right? Mercy is a key feature of Muslim civilization. Even in our Sharia, we have laws, but the judge has, you know, he has the ability to um, make his own ijtihad in certain cases. You know, does, should I really give this much punishment to this person? Does he really deserve it? Whereas in, in America, like mercy is the an antipathy of our, of our, you know, it's not the feature of our civilization. It's, it's self-reliance, right? Self-reliance. So, when you have people that are complaining about their um, situation in life, even if they're right, you have this conservative, these conservative types in the deep south and all of them, you know, with their guns and their tractors. And they're just like, what are you complaining about? You know, get on a horse and go to your farm and, you know, work hard, right? All this other stuff. And they just look at these people with complete derision, you know, right? So it's, I, I don't think that the conservatives have... I think they've made it worse, right? They've made family values, religion, and all these other things like really disgusting to, to people on the left, right? So that's yeah. what I want to say. So my point actually rides somewhat on, on what Nazmul was saying is when, it, when you talk about the Muslim community, if you look back at what's happened to the Muslim community over the last 20 years, and, and I think uh, 9-11 was really the striking point because we, we talk about, uh, you know, Muslims were much more conservative in the U.S. before then. And, and, and after 9-11, I can, I can speak to many of my family members and friends or family friends. They would all, you know, people hid their religiosity in order to feel safe. Right? It wasn't even that they didn't want to be religious or that they didn't want to outwardly you know, talk about the tenets of the deen and these types of things, but it, just to feel safe. You know, uh, I could tell you from personal experience, you know, like uh, I've talked to Saad about you know, getting like a, a gun license and it's just like, oh, what if I get flagged? There's just always this, this thought in the back of my mind because you know, I live in a community where you know, people, you know, the, the, there was a case here. And, and so for years, it's just like, oh, what if I get flagged? What if something happens? It's, it's illogical. By the of way, course. I can't confirm or deny that conversation. Ever <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but my point being is for years you have, you know, conservative Muslims who sort of hid their religiosity, told their kids not to go to the masjid. You know, I, I remember when, when I used to run the YM programs when I was younger in, in high school and college, there were so many parents 
who wouldn't send their kids to their masjid because it's like they were afraid. It's like, oh, you know, I don't want my kids to be too involved with the with the Muslim programs. You know, what what if they're, you know, what if something happens? You know, what if they get flagged? You know, you have the the, the FBI watching like the Rutgers kids, right? We had that, we had like them in the MSA. These types of situations happened for so long and Muslims were beat down for so long uh, in the United States. And I think, I think what happened is almost this like knee jerk, you know, opposite reaction where everybody was just like, okay, let's just start supporting the liberal causes yeah. so that, you know, we can at least, you know, hold on to the little religion that we have. Well, let me tell you the ni'mah and blessings we have when we're commanded to stick with the jama'ah, of Muslims, not to a specific cultural group. When we're told, you know, to get to know one another, right? We made you uh, tribes and nations and peoples to get to know one another. What you're saying, that mindset is completely broken once you interact with African-American communities. They're not embarrassed of their Islam, right? And converts as well. They're openly proud and happy with being Muslim and they could care less what anyone thinks about it. They have a different history than us, right? Let's talking about us as Arabs and Desis, right? We have a history of, oh my gosh, we don't want problems with the government, right? Yep. We have that mental background. They got a mental background, you know, which is totally opposite. They're like, come, we've dealt with this before and now we're Muslim and we're happy and they're strong, right? So that's where I felt that having mingled with converts, having sat with those imams and that energy rubs off on you, it negates and neutralizes the negatives in your background. And that's one of the beauties of what we still have and hopefully we'll have it for a couple more decades of different Muslim communities. Unlike, let's say, Egypt, for example, it's the same Muslim community. It's all, everyone's one, right? Everyone's one culture. We're not the same, not one culture. We still have, you know, the Turks bringing something to the table, uh, white converts bringing something to the table, African-American converts bringing something to the table, Daisies, Egyptians, all these different groups having historical backgrounds that are different, family backgrounds that are different, right? Bringing something new to the table. And it solves problems. If, if you have an ability to be wise enough not to pigeon yourself. Right. Alex? Yeah, just, just two things quickly. Um, related to this, all of, all of what Moeen said is true, and I, I get it and I've seen people. It doesn't go to explaining leadership, though, right? So like people who are in charge of national organizations, who are on boards, who are fundamentally uh, involved in the Muslim community openly, they, they, they wear hijab and they have beards and like they, Islam is their identity, their public identity, A, B, they're engaged with government and they stand up fiercely and strongly and they don't have any fear and they know they're on watch lists and all that kind of stuff. What excuse... Can people like that, and they're, they're usually very intelligent, very well educated, very well connected. There's no excuse for people like that to take these positions. And in fact, they, they often do, right? You look at them, you see them, the heads of national organizations, people on all these boards, and all they're doing all day and night is uh, pushing the most liberal of liberal agendas. Talking about stuff like until all people are free, nobody is free. There's, there's uh, you know, love between homosexuals knows no borders. Like this is just all insanity to me, yeah. And, and it's not for it's not coming from a place of weakness, because there these are people who don't seem to fear uh, these consequences. That's one. Just quickly, the, the second point. I disagree with almost everything Nas said in his last point, but I don't want to di divert this. I'll go at him on WhatsApp. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nas, first of all, we have to congratulate him as in his sophomore year on the Safina Society podcast. <laughs> Not been raised on the entire program, right? Episode. Yep. So you're in de- developing, man. You're part of like the part of the team now. <laughs> I think that's why he keeps his room dark. <laughs> yeah, why is your room dark? Could you put the light on? I, I my light is on. Okay. <laughs> Wow, scheme. We need to give him like a. Yeah. What is that? A four watt light bulb? What do we? What do we get uh, on Patreon? Let's let's get Nas some light bulbs. Let's get him a lamp. Yeah. Anybody uh, wants a, a sponsor? Nas. Yeah, for Wait, but for so, one dollar so, a day. So so yeah so uh, I think Mourinho has some. But yeah, the leadership. What what is what is the deal with these people that we see right and emerge and uh, or emerge whatever these engage engage engage. Yeah. Whatever. And care, care national. La ilaha illallah. Yeah. I mean, what are you? I, I'm sorry. I know I said I was done, but like, if if you're taking all of these honest, instantiated kufar as your wakil, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, right? Well, you're, I think you're a fool. Yeah. Uninstingiated. Yeah, that's I a new heard one. That one. That's a new one. Right, so. <laughs> they don't do it in Jeff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do this all. Talk about that all the time. Yeah, uh, Wash yourself before making a point, right? For real, that, especially if you're engaging in some of the stuff these people are engaging. <laughs> Can I add something very quickly to Alex's point? Uh, sure. So, so Alex is confused why these people support these positions, right? Um, as a as a person who's uh, been to conferences and uh, I'm part of a, one of these types of organizations, right? That's largely Bengali uh, called uh, Muna. And they're they're like the Bengali version of Ikna. Mm. One of the big problems, right, is that a lot of Muslims in the United States, just by their background, they're not connected to the Islamic tradition, right? They, that and I'm I'm not being facetious here. They don't know what a madhab is. They don't know about our civilization. They don't know about our cosmology. None of this stuff, right? And uh, when these people learn a little bit about the deen, they're like, okay, we need to contribute to our society. You know, the Prophet contributed to a society. You know, he was fighting uh, the oppression of these people and so on. We need to contribute to our society, right? They've, they've read the Sirah. They read a Quran translation. That's it. And these people are our leaders. Now, when they get into a position of leadership, they're like, I want to contribute. How do I contribute? Join all these grievance culture movements and do these protests and do these marches. I'm being productive. I'm a part of. Sure. Uh, but I'm not talking about Uncle G from the, you know, ethnic community leadership council. I'm talking about Ibrahim Hooper standing in front of the Supreme Court with a candle because because El- uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, which literally <laughs> happened this week. Oh, well. Like that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a whole other level of either your ideas are completely wrong or you just doing whatever is trendy and 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 in neither case should you be considered a leader of anything yeah um one of the you know logical fallacies you know there's a bunch there's a lot of i think they come from the greeks but logical fallacies right burden of proof appeal to authority etc etc one of them that i personally never truly agreed with was the slippery slope fallacy uh because by the way Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, because addendum later. Because um, especially when it comes to the matters of the dean, you know, there is a a there's a wisdom 
behind, you know, the idea of staying away from the wrong, you know, before you fall into, you know, the, this, uh, the trap yeah. of, of, of yeah. kufr or, 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 or sin or haram or whatever it might be. So for example, you know, you, you hear of imams, you know, uh, taking place in like a libation ceremony. My question is, you know, why are you anywhere near <laughs> like and if somebody says oh the imam might not have known what a libation is i know what a libation is and i'm just a giant like come on now <laughs> by the way um he said he didn't know and we should take yeah that his yeah that's, i agree not, not i agree people, with that not a lot of people know what a libation I, is i agree uh, but one you're thing right I'm, the principle the principle that you were saying is that avoiding harm takes precedence over uh, uh obtain attaining onto good one yeah. thing i was going to add to what moin just said is that you know a lot of um a lot of people, intellectual types, often throw around these fallacies, um, and, and, you know, these logical fallacies. But what, what f escapes a lot of people is that they're uh, fallacies in informal logic. They're informal logical fallacies, not, not uh, uh, fallacies within the premises of, of, of a logical argument. So, so basically, given other evidence that, that something that that some of these things are true, those could be valid, right? So the slippery slope argument could be valid if you have evidence that that something is actually going to lead to a certain outcome. So it's it's not it's not a it's not a hard and fast like oh use the slippery slope everything you said is invalid now right like yeah. which a lot of people use it like that and, and same with same with the other uh, informal logical fallacies people say stuff like oh that's an ad hominem right well it's like yeah well you know if somebody's giving me advice on how to straighten out my life and meanwhile they're like you know their life is in shambles then yeah like i'm gonna look at the person and and see whether they've got anything to share that's valuable for me right, right. that's not an ad hominem that's just me looking at the situation with common so, so right so so these things are thrown around as if like they're, they're show-stopping arguments and they're really not and anybody who's studied logic or any sort of uh you know rigorous uh reasoning or deductive reasoning or anything like that knows it's complete nonsense uh, yeah, you know, uh, Sad, when Moeen was talking and said burden of proof and appeal to authority and all these logical fallacies, and I'm thinking to myself, they're not actually logical fallacies at all, right? It's just they're like, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm telling, uh, saying about the uncle or the, uh, the IT guy or the doctor or something, where they sort of have a clue, but not exactly their right. with the precision of right. somebody who is in a field all the time, right? Let me and be clear that saying, the which people is not, in the field don't have clarity about these matters yeah. either. No, but but <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. someone in the someone in, in any like legal field or liberal okay, arts sure, field, sure. they'll be precise on that. Which is exactly why I had mentioned like when you deal with those types and you know where they're coming from, is why you know you end up not having not being able to take such a wild or extreme or controversial position on things because you know that they'll not, they won't get it. Right, not Moin in specific, but in general, those types of people. Right, 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 right. But I want to ask you guys something. What are the chances that we're going to have that there's going to be another act of police brutality within the next? The chances it happens like every week, like a hundred percent. Let's say hundred percent. One hundred percent. I don't even know what the time frame is. I'm saying hundred percent. It happened while we were recording this podcast. I guarantee yeah. you. I'm saying recorded that lights up, you know, the protest worlds. I don't, know. I don't know about that, but I, I, I am expecting some 
level of civil strife before yeah. the election or you know post the election. Oh, all right. We don't need police brutality for that. We're going to get it from the from when Trump appoints Amy Coney Barrett. There yeah. you go. True. Now here's another question for you guys. You know, we're we're about to head into probably I think like some serious not civil war but civil conflict. All right. It should really be called uncivil conflict around November. Mm-hmm. And Muslims will be jumping like 90% onto the, you know, left wing side, yeah. maybe 1% on the right wing side. Right. But I think it's really important for us to say from now is that Muslims should really think very carefully before taking on any allegiance to either of these two parties. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, 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 you know, the, the way that these, you know, I know we didn't want to venture into political territory, but the way these, these both of the parties are set up is that they appeal to the extremes, right? And any Muslim should know that the extreme is something to stay away from, right? Because there is a cultural war going on right now between two completely polar opposite extremes. And in any war, the uh, middle is completely destroyed. The middle ground in any war is completely annihilated in, in, yeah. in the course of a war. And so... You know, it's difficult to to take a position that, you know, I'm going to step back, I'm going to stay, you know, uh, relatively center and 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 consider things on their merit when it comes to how they relate to Islam as opposed to any allegiance to any party. But, uh, you know, you run the risk of getting destroyed. But I think, you know, people need to be OK with that. I, I think they need to be all right with being. Uh, lost in the middle or uh, destroyed in the middle in this upcoming war. If, if that's if that's, you know. And, and we case. should have a game plan. And our game plan is, is that the, the politics in this type of situation is you just support victims, right? People yeah. who are victimized. And they're going to be innocent people victimized, right? Like person is not involved in anything. All of a sudden, like homes like lit up. Businesses lit up in flames. That should be our busyness. Because you can't just say, don't do this. You have to say what to do. And that should be our politics, is that those innocent victims in between right, who are, did nothing, like a lot of these people, the used car and all that stuff, burnt up in uh, one of these Kenosha or whatever, that type, of, that type of relief work would be where we stand. Alex? Well, if you want to go try to help the people whose property was being burnt down in Kenosha, you're going to end up like Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what I, what I was going to say is that, and I say this, you know, from many years of experience and always having been very interested in politics and following these things um, and being very uh, up to date on what's going on now. Our, uh, my advice to our Muslim brothers and sisters, if you're an American, you're listening to this in the upcoming political, uh, whatever it is, whether there's upheaval or whether it's just like, you know, people shouting at each other, your voice is unimportant in that. Like, it's not, it's not going to actually effectuate anything. Um, you're not going to have a significant effect on anything. Um, all you're going to be doing is just being another participant in this uh, really, really like the spectacle that U.S. politics has become. And, you know, my my advice for the future is that after Trump, whether it's this time or the next election, if he wins this time, it's going to be Democratic, Democratic presidents and Democratic majorities in at least the House, if not the House and Senate. For the foreseeable future probably for the rest of my lifetime mm-hmm. um that's just the way that the country is going that's the way that the culture is going and the you know these outlier non-traditional republican candidates you know trump is once in a lifetime after that it's going to just be democrat all the way down so 
if that's what you like, then, you know, take heart that after Trump, you'll get it. And, uh, you know, if people who are conservative and on the right, just say, alhamdulillah, they, you have the court. You know, he's going to stack it, whether it's just one more appointment or he gets a second term and throws a few more conservatives on there. You'll have, generally, you'll have the court on, uh, on your side for a long time going forward. And for the rest of us who don't take either side, you know, just sit back, pop some popcorn, because mm-hmm. it's, it's just a show. Allah is in charge of all of this anyway. And again, your individual voice, even if you did live in a swing state, your, vo- your vote is tenuous. But most of us don't live in a swing state. You're just shouting at the wind and you're making yeah. an idiot of yourself for something that's not even your concern. Yeah, and, and Nas, we're going to get to, but the, if you want to be reasonable, then this whole Trump phenomenon is a way a one-off. It's, it's, you know, like a team that's really good, but they're only led by one guy who's scoring all the points for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. You guys would be nowhere without this guy in terms of the right has been rebranded and it's new thing. But they're the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> you guys would be nothing without him. So without this guy, they are not, they're not going to, I don't see any chance for them coming up again, right? Mm-hmm. And winning an election like this again. So if we're all going to be reasonable, say, all right, it's going to be four more years. It could be maximum four yeah. more years. Zero to four more years, right? Um, after that, the, we're, we're all steamrolled by the blue, right? It's going to be, you know, they got the culture. They got the, the news, the media. Everything, yeah. They got everything stacked in their favor. And they're not reliant upon one individual, right? Like, they're the opposite. They're like a mob, right? And yeah. it's a blob. You don't know where this is going. And I think they're taking over global culture, too. Of course, right? So they're a monoculture, yeah. So we, if we got to look long term, and we're setting seeds to to have a game plan long term, it's going to be more of a resistance Islam, resistance to this monoculture. We got to pay attention to that more than this current conflict in America, which is only in America, right? And I don't see that. Uh, I I personally believe that that right wing, this uh, you know, uh, white supremacist right right wing thing, may only have some representation left in you know maybe military, maybe police departments, but they will lose in the long term. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident they will lose in the long term. They and will also be a good target for Dawah in the next 15 years. When they break down, right? See, when yeah, they, when they realize down, that the society is completely contrary to their ethics and morals yeah. uh-huh. and values and that the only cohesive, comprehensive group that has anything going on is the conservative Muslims. Yeah, and that's why a guy like Cernovich and these... You know, he's one of these right-wing uh, Twitter personalities yeah. and whatever. Uh, that's why he put out that tweet where he said that if I have to choose between cuties and Sharia, I'm going to walk up like Sharia. Because that's how they talk, right? Yeah. But these guys are mobilized. They're energized. And you see them online. <laughs> and I told you guys I have like a burner account where I follow these guys. Not I don't follow them specifically, but I follow everything that's, you know, uh, and I look at this stuff, and they're full of energy. But what's the energy coming from? Trump. Remove uh, Trump from the equation, they got nothing. If you, if you, if you follow uh, my boy Nabil Aziz's account, you'll see mm-hmm. that he interacts with a lot of conservative people. Yeah. And he is very upfront about, look at what Islam says. And mm-hmm. constantly, his res- responses from like, conservative dudes is like, man, this might be the only future for us. I- I'm telling uh, you, like, you, hit, you hit it on the head. Give it in around 15 years. So after Trump wave is over, whenever it's over, it's going to be over eventually, right? Uh, even if he stays in, in power by force, he's going to die <laughs> because he's not that young. He's old. So 
eventually that's going to fade away and the blue will defeat the red. Okay. Yeah. They yep. will test <clears throat> every single crevice of the country. And then those guys will see who's left standing. And I, I thought about this the other day. Allah is in charge of this whole thing, as Alex had just said. One of the wisdoms behind this bizarre monoculture of trans everything and, uh, and all this luats and everything is to prove to the other two religions, Christianity in particular, that you weren't up to the task, right? Mm. And that who's the last man stand, who was able to withstand this, right? Fitna. And they're going to realize it was the Muslims because I, I have full confidence that the strong Muslims will continue to get stronger because they're starting to realize the importance of the fundamentals. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, go to the masjid, have a family life as much as you can. Go home, you know, uh, read, recite the Quran, stick to the fundamentals and the basics right, of stuff, and you'll survive. You'll, last, you'll outlast them. We won't, we won't defeat them, but we will outlast them. That's like a promise. Every Muslim generation has done this. We haven't defeated them, but we outlasted them, and we're going to outlast these guys. And I think that's going to be a huge issue, huge thing with a lot of conservatives when this wave and this mini civil conflict is over, that they're going to realize that Islam, they're, they're still functioning. Sorry, it, it, and Islam will be the only place where you can find a decent husband or a decent wife. That's 100% true too. And, and there's a system where you can meet up, right? Yeah. We have a system where you can meet up, like, like an informal uh, system. And I was listening the other day on the drive. Uh, I was in a drive from South Jersey and driving up and was listening to the Christian radio. And I realized these guys have nothing but stories, right? And then their own personal twist on it. <laughs> Right, there's no scholarly like history. There's zero discussion of what the words mean in the language of the text. There's no usul. There's no memorization. Like it's so feeble. You will not defeat this uh, wave that's coming upon you. Definitely you won't defeat not. your religion. Is weak. The only, the only, the only <laughs> I respect. Don't, I respect. The only Christians that have a chance are the, the Orthodox ones, right? Like the Catholics. The, yes, the, they have the a tradition. Yeah. yeah, But the Protestant, there's no tradition on this thing. I mean, the whole thing is bid'ah. <laughs> the whole thing is a bid'ah. By the way, imagine we're at 1,500 years of Islam. Yeah. Imagine if somebody today came out, some imam, and said, you know what? Everybody before me has had it wrong for 1,500 years. Yeah. This is the right interpretation. And then most of the Muslim world followed them. Like that's the jazz. Yeah. Martin Luther true. was the dad of the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther, John the, the, one thing, the one thing I wanted to say is that so many Muslims today, like the liberal type, they want to they wanna contribute something, something to the world. They want to uh, do something good because they have that spirit from the deen. But my point to you is that you cannot have a dialogue with another, another value system if you're subjugated to them, right? You can mm -hmm. only have a, there can only be dialogue between equals. So if you don't know your deen, you don't know its worldview, and you're not secure in its foundation, there's no way you can contribute. But what you end up going to do is you're just going to end up bootlicking, right? So, yeah. you know, the best thing you can do is to learn your deen and to um, be convinced of it. Well, I mean, we're coming in on a big conflict, by the way. I just want to let one last message to people. You see it's raining fitna inside the Islamic community, right? Uh, outside in the country, it's raining fitna. It's time to go back to basics, hunker down and work, stick to the fundamentals that we know, right? Uh, I was thinking the other day, 
if we asked, polled everyone who's getting involved in drama on Twitter, how much Quran do you recite a day? You're on oh, Twitter man. for like an hour, I can tell. There's evidence that you're on Twitter for like an hour because the amount of posts, right? We got to hunker down and get back to the basics. Recite Quran, right? Uh, go to the masajid if, if it's possible. It's not even possible most of the time except for just the salah. But leave off what doesn't concern you and don't side with one or the other of these. Anytime that you see any division, social division these days, whether Muslims or not, don't side with either one. Just say with the haq, wherever the haq is. Right. Also, you don't need an opinion on everything. I think that's what it is, right? Exactly. Everyone has an opinion thank on everything. Just stay silent. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about the issue so that I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. You I love the chime yeah. in. I love that. Thank you. All right. Jazakumullah khair, gentlemen. All right. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> وتواصل بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة Zee,